Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction, a place where I talk to someone very special about clothes and anything else that interests us. This is our 14th episode, recorded during lockdown in June 2020. You can also find it as a video version on our website at mywardmail.com. If you've joined us before, you'll know all about our pyjama party, where we talk about your sartorial disasters. Please email us at help at mywardmail.com. And do subscribe, give us a five-star review, and follow us on the usual socials at mywardmail. Right, on to our guest, the truly extraordinary Katie Piper, author, presenter, campaigner, podcaster, model, founder of the Katie Piper Foundation, and now Songs of Praise presenter. So, let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors, and find out what's inside. It's good to see you. I must say, I watch this all the time on your Instagram, so I'm quite excited to be part of it. Oh, darling, well, you're just, you know, I've had you on my list and you're so busy and difficult to pin down. Um, I'm locked down now. But you still manage to be so busy. You're doing so much and and supporting people. You are an inspiration, Katie. Uh, Well, thank you, but it's selfish as well because I don't like doing nothing and I feel I can't do nothing so it yeah. kind of, you know it's, it fills a void for me too and just so people who don't know you you or our connection in maybe in Australia or America um you and I met and basically fell in love with each other on <laughs> Strictly we made so many good friends on Strictly Come Dancing didn't we we were the two losers, me and you. <laughs> yeah, we really were. I, fa- I think you were the only dancer that was as bad, if not worse, than I was. We genuinely could not dance. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah. I mean, and let's be honest. Well, I'll be honest. For me, it was the most, that dancing was the most hideous experience of my life. I'm not going to lie. Well, because it wasn't dancing, because you can't learn to dance in such a short space of time. Yeah. If you're starting from uh, no base, then it's it's physically impossible, isn't it? Yeah. So. But, but we met amazing people and everyone was, we were so lucky to have made such great friends and... Yeah, it's quite surreal, isn't it? If you look back now, when you watch the next lot of people, you think, oh, I wish I could go back and have another go at that. I know, I agree. I uh, Weirdly, I agree. It was almost like being kidnapped in a weird way, wasn't it? Yeah, you don't realise when you're in it and when it's over, you think, oh, thank God that's over. Then when the next year comes around, you're jealous and want want to be back and you're like, this is a really weird cult. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, so true. Um, So, darling... um, 
you know, what I know about you, clothes have always paid a huge role in your life and um, no more so than I think after your attack. So if you could explain what happened to you, um, when was it, 2008? Eight. Eight, yeah. Yeah, so um, I was attacked when I was 24. Um, I was raped by somebody known to me, a guy that I was dating. Um, and it, ironically, sort of relieved after that happened to get away from him and hopefully rebuild my life, not knowing he had then planned uh, to get somebody who was unknown to me to throw acid in my face. And that kind of happened two days later my whole world was kind of turned upside down in basically 30 seconds um the injuries I was left with were life changing life limiting and permanent um full thickness burns to my face my chest my hands sight lost in both eyes but I got 75 percent of my sight back in my right eye but none in my left a lot of internal injuries to my esophagus so lots of problems with swallowing um, and also lots of problems with my respiratory system inside with, with my nose. So quite a bit of functional stuff, um, which was really, really difficult. Um, and the person I was before those injuries, um, my job and my social life heavily relied not just on my appearance, but my levels of confidence as well. So the way I presented myself um, was really important to me um, and I was young I wasn't in an established successful career you know I wanted to be famous I wanted to be a model I wanted to be on telly and I was I was very much aspiring but I, I love it when I read my story in the tabloid they call me a former model or a former mm. presenter it's not really true but it's, <laughs> it sounds great you know I five three so I wasn't in the Claudia Schiff estates and mm -hmm. the only type of TV presenting I did was shopping telly DIY channel and a casino channel mm -hmm. so Holly Willoughby wasn't feeling that threatened by me yeah. at the time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I was quite glam I was a glamorous young girl yeah. you know like lots of like crazy clipping hair that made my head look really big um, throwaway high street clothes, but you know, always dressed up, high heels every single day. Never wore a flat. Always wore makeup and just really reveled in it and loved it. And you know, I trained at college to be a beautician, so I was the friend that got everyone ready on the night out, then got ready quickly in the taxi. And it, mm. it was like quite a big part of my identity. So I, I think that's why, in a way, because what happened to me was quite strategic. And, you know, you hear about domestic violence, crime of passion with the knife in the kitchen suddenly. This was very strategic. And this person knew a fair bit about me to know how to destroy me without killing me. So, you know, it was interesting. It's very, it's very psychological, actually, when, when you look into it like that. But it's, I mean, I, well, I, you know, I remember talking to you about this when we were together. Um, making strictly and I just I couldn't believe how your ex-boyfriend had got someone else to do this and he ha I mean that to me is the lowest of the low because it's it's a cowardice and um, a lack of respect in a weird way you know in a perverse way not to have done him it himself yeah I think I don't want to be negative, but I want to be true. I think there are some really evil people out there, but 
you know, since all this has happened to me, I've gone on to set up a charity and I've met some incredibly kind people with no motivation at all, other than yeah. they're just decent people. So the decent people definitely outweigh the evil and there are a very small amount of evil people, but it does exist. There simply are people out there that we just cannot explain. And mm. we've seen that recently in the news. We've seen mm -hmm. some horrible stuff recently. Um, but, but on the whole, as we have also seen in lockdown, people do support each other, they do come together and they do care about each other. And I think that's what restores your faith in society, which is why I'm so glad I set up my charity because that helped me heal. Like I said at the start, it's it's never selfless because it always Absolutely. helps. Absolutely. And it's, it's kind of like being um, in AA where it's other people's stories and being able to help other people that, um, you know, keep alcoholics um, sober. Yeah, purpose. You've got to have it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. After the attack, um, how important a role did Coase play for you? Um, massive, but in a completely different way, like I'd never known before. Um, so no clothes for months because just, a, um, well, not even a hospital gown at first because all my... How do you wear pressure... Um, yeah, well, in the in the very beginning, because I had to have all my face removed, they had to remove all the skin off my back and buttocks. So my whole body was mummified in bandages. So I was just straight up naked for like three months in ICU, then in a hospital gown for a few more months. And then when I left, like you said, the pressure garments. Mm. So you would just wear clothes, because your life was hospital. You would just wear clothes that were quick to whip off at outpatients' appointments and that weren't too sweaty and that wouldn't get in the way. And then later on, it was like almost choosing a uniform so that the world won't notice you. So dark, baggy clothes, no pattern, don't want any attention, and always a large sun hat and uh, a scarf and glasses because I wore like a plastic mask. Katie, I just can't, I, I mean, knowing you now, yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, well, it shows you how much identity clothes are, and they're not frivolous because for me, they were my armor and my don't don't approach me, don't come near me. Um, and I had lost my identity. I didn't know, didn't have one, didn't know who I was either. So that was the safest option at, at that time. Um, and it did evolve and it became a really good communication tool for when I couldn't use the obvious communication point of my face. I could use my clothes to show if I wanted engagement, if I felt happy, if I felt confident. Um, so I learned a lot about fashion in, in that time. And, you know, people who call it vanity don't understand it. No, totally. I mean, I've never seen, you know, like you, I've never seen clothes as, as, vanity, as something vain. Yes, we as women, we want to make the best of ourselves, but there's so much more about, I think women generally, they dress on their feelings and that can be to enhance their insecurity um, or to hide it mm -hmm. or to kind of come across as someone else. It's a disguise or like in your case, armor. Mm -hmm. Even now in lockdown, it, it, for me, it's about dignity and self-respect and self-worth and when I get changed and get dressed and stuff, I just feel, I command a different presence when I change my clothes from my casual stuff, you know? Um, and when I had to go out into the professional world and I'd written books about confidence, I have to be confident because I've written these books, you know, I've got to be the person I am in my career. So even though sometimes I didn't really feel it, 
dressing in a certain way to look assertive and more like an alpha female helped me empress clothing style kind of walk the walk talk the talk mm. but do you feel you're an alpha female <sighs> I'm a bored housewife today <laughs> I don't know well, so in, I play a male role in my family in that I'm the breadwinner um, and I have lots of people who work for me, so it could, it could be seen that way, but but not always. I, I think I'm quite multifaceted and I, and I feel different from week to week. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't identify the same thing all the time. What about you? I'm definitely not an alpha female. I'm an absolute pushover. I'm codependent and um, a people pleaser. Right. So I can be alpha, but that's kind of within the home. Outside in my work life, I'd say I'm more alpha, but I'm attracted to alpha women. So that's why Trini and I work work so well together because she's definitely an alpha female. And Mm -hmm. I felt a sense of, you know, and still do a sense of kind of security and safety when I'm with her. So I need, I, I, I very much, rely on that but weirdly when I'm with men you know male friends I feel much more alpha mm. that makes sense but when I maybe I don't I can't really explain but yeah generally <laughs> I say I'm not an alpha mm. um, female but my love so when you I mean how would you describe your style now you celebrate your look and your everything about yourself physically, which I, I love and respect and admire so much. Yeah, I think I, ha- I have fun with clothes and I get excited about, mm. you know, like now in lockdown, I'm missing having somewhere to go to dress up and wear heels and look nice. And, you know, it brings me a lot of joy. Um, I wouldn't call myself somebody that's into fashion because I very much wear high street throwaway kind of stuff. Um, and I get excited about new trends, but I don't get there first. You know, mm. I'll see stuff online and I'll, and I'll follow it and I'll wear it. And But I wouldn't wear something because it's in fashion. I, I wear stuff that suits me because I'm quite short, I'm quite petite. Um, and yeah, I, I think they're, they're a tool in my life, but I'm, I'm not an expert. Mm. But do you think that of not kind of following fashion so slavishly, do you think that's an age thing? Do you think, I mean, you're not, you're still young, unlike me, who's old. But, I um, not I am quite old, actually. But um, do you think it is that comes from maturity, not having to worry about fashion and, and really just wanting to enhance the best, best parts of your body and hide the bits you don't like? I think before the burn like childhood I grew up with a mum that was always trying to save money so we used to always shop at car boot sales jumble sales uh charity shops that kind of thing so I still have that in me of um yeah my, my mum would kill me if she saw what I spent on letter quarter she'd be so angry so disappointed yeah, yeah. so I still kind of have that thriftiness in me um but also I work really hard to stay fit and you know I stay that's more important isn't it yeah I mean I I stay fit for lots of reasons but the one of the vanity reasons is I can't control my face and my injuries but I can control my body Mm -hmm. so it's like this psychological thing if I can have a really good body and feel confident um that that kind of makes up for my face that that's Mm -hmm. sort of the rationale in my head so equally I like to dress to to show my body and be proud and you know, after what happened, I had this 
really bad time um, when I was in quite intensive therapy, where I was obsessed um, with being getting raped again. And I used to, I used to dress almost quite Islamic because I used to really worried that if I showed my body, somebody might rape me and I might have bought that on myself and I can't go to court because they'll say it's my fault. And I, that was really stuck with me for like three years. Um, and I don't have that anymore. I had really a really good therapist that helped me through that. I wouldn't even use lifts because I used to have this obsession with if I get in a lift, that's a space where the door will shut. And if a man gets in with me, he could trap me and then he could rape me. And I took stairs for years out of that, that phobia of, of yeah. lift. Really strange. But yeah, now now I don't have that. So I love dressing in, in any way I want to show any part of my, my body that I want. So yeah, it's, I don't really know how I'd sum my style up because I wear so many different hats in my job. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you... <laughs> and I'm a mum, you know. It has yeah, to you don't dress... You dress... You, I would say you dress to celebrate your physique and the work you put in to staying fit and healthy. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Freedom is, is yeah. that freedom of I can. We live in a country where we can. I can. No one's controlling me. Um, and it's a great feeling, you know. And I think there's a part of me as well that when all this happened to me, I was 24. I'm going to be 37 this year. I spent all of my 20s in and out of hospital. And when I wasn't in the hospital, I was at home recovering with bandages and pus and skin grafts. And my friends were getting mortgages and getting engaged. And I was learning how to swallow again with a new stented esophagus. So I missed my 20s. So I think now I want to wear the clothes I would have worn in my 20s, but I missed like that kind of, my life didn't really come back to normal till like, 29, I suppose, or 24, 29 was just weird. But so this is, I'm, I'm, this isn't relevant really to this podcast, but I'm, it's a question that I never asked you. Was there ever a point where you wish the attack had been successful and you'd been? Only in the very immediate, like opened eyes from coma and for eyes aren't working, eyes aren't opening. Asked my mum, why is everything dark? And she said, you're blind. And I, and I said, what do you mean, forever? And, and she was like, well, we don't know, we don't know. And then she just kept repeating, we don't know. And, and in that moment, I thought, what's the point? Because I can't move my body, I, can't, I haven't got a face, I can't see. And it did, it did feel like that kind of empty shell of my former self, you know. 
like that. But then things changed and things got better. So, I mean, do you you do you have a, a faith that this happened for you to be able to help other people? Yeah, I mean, it sounds such a cheesy cliche thing. I mean, I have a Christian faith, so I don't think that God puts on to anyone more than they can deal with. Um, and also you're you're supported in your belief by God um, and there's usually a higher purpose because if that one person can deal with it but go on to help thousands then that's worth the kind of trade-off you know um, and I've been very very privileged I lead a very privileged life I've had opportunities that some people could only dream of you know yeah, so, you've created those opportunities for yourself you know they, they haven't been handed to you on a plate yeah, I don't believe in luck. I hate that when people say oh, I'm lucky because you either go out and work really hard and you connect and, you, and things mm. happen, things progress, or, or you just stay still and stagnant. Mm. Mm. Um, so through all this, um, you must have something either in your wardrobe or somewhere that is like your comfort blanket, something that you is there and you can just when you're feeling insecure because I know you do feel insecure sometimes and you do get nervous and yes you come across as this very sort of strong woman but there is still the vulnerable Katie there so what do you have to help that well I suppose my go-to item which I always feel confident and comfortable in is black leather trousers okay um and I've always worn them and it's actually, it was a sign of progression for me that I always used to wear them from Topshop. And then I, I think when I did my first book, I was like, I'm going to buy a pair from Reese. How, how <laughs> expensive. And then I did another book and I was like, I'm going to get a pair from Joseph. And then <laughs> it was, I'm going on Netta Forger and I'm going to buy five different pairs of leather trousers. And it was like this progression in my life. I've probably got about 20 pairs of Really? Now. Yeah. So um, that is your thing. They are your comfort blanket. And is it because they you feel they are sort of a bit edgy? They're obviously got a price tag attached. What is it about them, do you think? I think in my head, they send out a message of like, don't fuck with me. I'm in control. I'm in charge. And it, it does feel like a security, well, a safety blanket. I yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can, yeah, they are. They are physically like armor because they're tough. It's, you know, hmm. strong, tough fabric. That you and mean, course, yes, you know? Yeah. And armor was made of leather before it was made of metal. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Started. I probably subconsciously don't realize that, but that's what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Although I'm there's not much leather trousers in this weather at the moment. <laughs> no, not a chance. <laughs> I just, I love talking to you so much. Um, have you ever had a bad wardrobe malfunction? Yeah, it was one where I was in denial. Um, so, oh no, those are the worst. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I had two kids, you know, one's six, one's two, and I lost the baby weight and I trained bloody hard, you know, there was no secret easy diet. It was literally waking up, running and sweating and just hideous cardio and stuff. But I just think no matter how much weight you lose, your physical body changes in width. Um, and, you yeah. know, I my back was wider, like the actual bones, you know, I was a, bit, a different shape completely. 
And I had this dress that was my old pre-baby size for, it was for a red carpet event. And I was determined to wear it. And it was uh, zipped down the back. And it was, it was a beautiful, it was a good brand. It wasn't even a crappy brand. And as soon as I got in the taxi to go to the event, the event was red carpet at a hotel. As soon as I bent down like that, the whole zip edge split away from the fabric because I was just too wide, you know? And I was just yeah. like, oh my God. And I was alone, alone with, with a hair updo. So that- Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, I had to go in, I was in Addison Lee and I had to get him to drive me to a different hotel where there's no photographers. I had to go in and ask this lovely woman on reception to come into the loose with me and sew me into this dress of a hotel crappy sewing kit. She sewed me in. I went to the event, didn't wear pictures, stayed for like politely 30 minutes talking to everyone, left, had to stay in a hotel that night because of work and then couldn't get the bloody thing off because she'd done this real, she'd done a really good job. So <laughs> Too good a job. So slept in the whole thing, and then in the morning, because I was working, we turned up at a hotel, I had to ring them and say, can you come into my room and rip me out of this dress? It was on for like practically one night, one day, yeah. Oh my God, that's <laughs> the next size up though. I know, well we kind of, yeah, I don't know why we do that, we do do that. So, but you're so right about the whole baby thing, because I had this really beautiful Roland Marais dress, it's probably even after now. I can't actually blame it on children, but I put it on and I, I weighed the same. But it was there was about that much space between the zip yeah. joined together. And I was like, this must have shrunk. You know, the dry cleaners must have shrunk it, or I, I could not work it out. And like you, there was no question in my mind that it might have been that I put on weight or my body had changed. It was it was something else's you know fault not my own or not my fault but you know what I mean do you know they say um women go up a shoe size in pregnancy and then lots that's of true people, they never go down and then their feet have just changed forever yeah my feet I, my feet have gone up two shoe sizes yeah it happens doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah so yeah mine have gone down yours have gone down mm -hmm. really when, when I was a, like a young 20 something I was a five then uh, when I came out of the coma, I was a three. And I was like, oh, my God. Maybe because you lose a bit of muscle in a coma as well. And then uh, now I'm a four. Wow. So, yeah. I just thought feet were bones, but maybe not. Yeah. What's your favourite outfit? So let's say your birthday suit, something you'd wear to make you feel joyous. And uh, so what would your birthday suit be? Um, it would be something that would be tailor-made from scratch because I am so petite that nothing ever fits properly. Um, I've got quite short legs, I've got small waist, got quite big thighs, big bum. Um, so yeah, that, that would be the dream to have something completely made in really expensive, nice structured fabric, nothing see-through, you know, mm -hmm. just something, but, but simplicity, something in a yeah. neutral colour, you know, I don't, I don't really like patterns so much. No. Um, something neutral, clean, that, that fitted to every single inch of your body. Yeah, and you don't have anything like that in your wardrobe? I do have a really nice jumpsuit because when I did the Pantene advert, um, they had a tailor for me that I had this beautiful cream jumpsuit and they basically just 
destroyed the jumpsuit of what how it actually came and, and tailored it to every inch of my body mm-hmm. and then they let me keep it and I was just like secretly so excited about that mm-hmm. um and now it has become my go-to thing if I have anything nice I yeah. it. but I, social media has ruined us being able to wear clothes repeatedly has it well, because then all your followers say that, oh, it's not a new picture, it's not a new image, and, and, it, and it looks like the same photo, even though it's a different time, because it's the same... So you're, you're, my followers don't don't worry about that. You are in a different league. Well, um, well I, I, I can see that, and, and I, think, I think it is important for you, actually, because, you know, given your history, and it's important for the people, your fans, and people who love you, to see that you're always evolving and growing, I guess, and that can be done visually with clothes and photographs. Yeah. yeah. Do you wear the same thing a lot then? You're not scared to wear the same stuff to parties. I mean, look at me. Do I look scared? <laughs> you do, you're stylish all the time. See, I would have thought you'd be a one wear person. No, 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 no. I mean, when I'm at home, so here, yeah, I mean, last night I, I had you know, dinner in a swimsuit. Oh, lovely. Do you know what I mean? So, so it, not even outside, inside. So, but when I go out, I do, yeah. I mean, I do, but to be honest, I, I don't really enjoy spending a lot of money on clothes. I, I, you know, I can't afford it apart from anything else. And if I want to buy something, I want it to be the best quality possible. So, yeah. um, you know, I buy less, but more expensive. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's what the stylist I work with, that's what he keeps telling me to do. He's like, stop buying loads of stuff online unstrategically and buy a few pieces that you can have forever mm. um, which I should do more of and and I, I suppose lockdown taught me actually sometimes you aimlessly shop for happiness and it's not really the right thing you know yeah. so yeah there is that feeling of I mean I just you know that feeling of putting on something new and it can be a ring a cheap ring it can be you know a little piece of jewelry it can be anything but it's just that it can be shampoo for god's sake you know but yeah. just that thing of it's terrible that we feel that but i'm, yeah. I'm just yeah. Yeah, exactly the joy <laughs> yeah i mean i've tried to switch now i switched to amazon and i buy uh loads of crap okay. for, my, for my kids so i buy them flasks with their names on stickers mm. with their names on a new notebook, that kind of rubbish. So yeah, okay. Well, that's a step in, in the right direction, my love. But um, Katie, well, listen. I hope we see each other soon. You know, after this, it'd be lovely to catch up with you. Really, um, yeah, it'd be great. And just good luck with everything. And the Katie Piper Foundation. What you do is, you know, you are you are an extraordinary person, and. You know, that's how everyone sees you. You might not sometimes feel that yourself, but that's how we will see you. Ah, oh, thank you. It means a lot to me coming from you. Oh, darling. Well, listen, I send you a huge kiss and big fat kiss to the family. Yes. And um, take care. Take care. Thanks for having see you soon, please. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.